Hey, hey, Annika here. This is episode number 100 of Own It, the Confidence podcast. If you've been with me since the beginning, you know that I started this on my birthday this year, 19th of May, when I turned 45. And I remember there was one lady in a Facebook group who asked, what are you committing to do for the coming, whatever she said, 30 days or 90 days? Um, and I responded that I was going to do a podcast episode until I got to 100. And her comment was, uh, good luck. And it made me feel like, what, you don't think I can do it? So I asked her, I was like, what, why did you write that? And she's like, oh, I just don't think I would be able to do that. But so, hey, hey, this is number 100. And um, the question is, should we start a new series? Should we start and do it, doing it differently? Should there maybe be an intro now, by now? Well, I think there should be. Anyway, I thought that today I want to talk about something big. And what is bigger than life? Life and death. So I want to share something very personal um, in my family, which is then me and my three children. We've had um, covid positive case of COVID, COVID-19. And um, it started with the, the students in school. One student got positive and then another. The children got um, isolated, meaning they, they went to school, but the class stayed in the same classroom wearing masks the whole day, not leaving the room, not even to eat. So they had to have their snack boxes and all. And then there was someone else and then the whole class was put in quarantine, meaning you have to stay at home and because um oh no it didn't start then and so then uh, there was quarantine for some days and then every student in that class had to get tested and my child got a positive result driving to the laboratory I hugged and kissed my child and said no no we'll be in and out in five minutes and we were we drive home and we had a nice afternoon and the day after got that SMS and it says positive. I didn't believe it, but um, yeah, because she had no symptoms. But then she had a little bit of stomach ache and possibly a slight temperature, but not enough for me to even go and check it. Uh, but that's been it. So she had to be locked up in her room. Um, I got a phone call from the tracing team Um 45 minutes on a Saturday morning answering so many questions, being told so many instructions, and most of them were just basic. But then there were some that were pretty extreme. Like, for example, the dishes uh, that m my daughter has eaten on, uh, basically, don't touch them. And they have to be uh, cleaned in, the, in 95 degrees and disinfected. Don't wash anything else with it. So I just went, okay, uh, I'll just use the last of the paper plates I had from some birthday party many years ago. Um, and the other point was she cannot use the bathroom that we use. She, We cannot be in any kind of contact with her. When she has used the bath bathroom, it has to be cleaned and disinfected <laughs> every time. And the last point was her clothes, not allowed to wash them. Not, don't mix them with our clothes. So when she's used her clothes, just leave them in a pile in her room. And then some days later, I can wash them. So just like normal then, I guess. Yeah. And um, it all started out great. 
I, and I went all in to make her happy. So she got full room service with extra special of everything. What do you want to drink? I even went up with like a notepad and I wrote out a whole list of what she could choose from, from the fridge and the cupboards. Like, would you like sparkling water or still water? I only had still water, but I knew she would choose that. But it sounded nicer, you know? And um, because we were not allowed to leave the house, the selection on my list for each time I prepared meals, uh, there was less to choose from. So uh, today it was, do you want rice? Or do you want rice with ketchup? <laughs> yeah, but still there's a choice. Um, so yeah, and it was nice, like I said in the beginning. But then um, after 24 hours, she looked at me when I opened the door to slide in some food. And she cried and said, Mom, how long do I have to stay here? And in that moment, something big shifted in me. I have, until then, always felt that uh, life is powerful I'm gonna live forever I I don't want to die at all I'm gonna be around for a long long time I'm gonna take good good care of myself to make sure that happens but in that moment I felt this is this is just wrong closing her up in her room not being able to sit next to her touch her hold her if I can't do that then this life is pretty empty um so yeah, that was a big, big moment for me and, and a shift where I felt like, well, I'm ready to go now. Uh, if uh, I cannot hug her, then pfft, this is just nothing. And so I thought, I'll hug her, I'll take the consequences, And but, but what if you die then? And I felt like, yeah, well, then that's, that's it, that, then it will be like that for me. And uh, yeah, and I actually felt pretty peaceful about that but I still respected it because she begged me um please mom I don't want you to get this as a first point she wanted to protect me and her brothers and second point please please mom don't come in here I need to go to school I want to see my friends I want to be in school so I can learn with them for every day that goes by as a student she falls behind a little bit because studying on your own is just not the same as when you do it in school so I have respected it and um just basically stand in the door to her room and chat. Um, and, and so, yeah, that was that. And today, again, talking about life and death, I had a conversation that, again, shook me profoundly. So I have this um, acquaintance that uh, we've actually collaborated professionally on um, a project uh, called Women's Entrepreneurship Day. She helped me out there um, back in 2016. So I've known her for four years. And um, unfortunately, last year she got ill. Uh, she found out she had uh, stage four cancer, really, really, really bad. And the kind that they couldn't do any surgery, but she refused to take that. So she had to go on her own, not just getting the information that yeah, um, you're going to die. Uh, you have three months. She was told she has three months. So she packed up all her things and prepared to die. Um, but then also, like, wasn't at all ready to die, didn't want to die. So she made all the res research she could and found one doctor who can do it. She did that, went through with that. And 
up and down and up and down and up and down. And but and now there's been some bad news again, and the things she expressed uh, are just, yeah, brutal, brutal. Mm, she said things like, uh, "I'm upset about my hair, the way I look," and I mean, she's upset about her hair because it's fallen off from all the chemotherapy and just put things into perspective in such a brutal way because all of us who are healthy <laughs> if it's not on a daily basis maybe you have beautiful hair but most of us don't and it's like there's everything from bad hair day to just fat greasy hair thin hair uh, wild hair stubborn hair um, damaged hair too long too short too curly too straight whatever it is we're not very often satisfied but then when you hear a woman who has lost most of her hair you can see that there's something unhealthy going on express I'm upset about my hair yeah of course you are darling and so would I so I'm never again gonna be upset about my hair um she said I'm so scared to the point that when the doctor calls because she has to do um, every two weeks she has to do a blood test to see where her blood values are and she doesn't want to hear the results anymore because she's just so scared and that shook me again imagine living with that like real fear it's real it can be so bad news that it's okay it's this week this week is the end for you Imagine having every two weeks someone who's going to call you and possibly say that to you. Um, so hearing her say that, I made a promise to myself that I'm never going to be scared about anything ever again. And if if you have fears about, um, I don't know, starting a podcast, um, doing a Facebook Live, writing a post on Facebook, um, delivering a presentation at work, writing an article... Um, calling a friend, whatever it is that makes you feel fearful, or going to the supermarket. Oh my gosh, please, please don't be scared of things that are not scary. Uh, it can't really, it cannot do anything to you. It cannot do anything to you. If you have terminal cancer and your blood cells don't, they can't do it any longer, and you're actually going to die, that's something to be scared of because that means it's the end for you. I'm okay. Forgive me if I sound as if I say what you are allowed and not allowed to be scared of, but I'm I just want to say don't be scared when you don't have to. Uh, I think the worst thing she said was I just get a little bit sad that everything is over. She's in her 40s, she's a mother of four children. Uh, beautiful children they're still uh, in the school years um, so it's not like these children are grown up and have their own families and they've been through it all no she's still the mom they still need her she's supposed to be there she's supposed to be around to experience them graduating getting their first jobs uh, getting their partner getting married uh, finding a, a place to live maybe getting babies, becoming a grandmother, all of that. And imagine just coming to the point where you have to sort of accept that 
it's over. It's over before you really got to experience that. And she shared that her, her doctors tell her, try to just embrace the situation. Try to be happy on a daily, like take it day by day. <laughs> and she says, it's a bit of a challenge to do what they say. It's a bit of of a challenge, yeah. Um, it's when you hear things like this, it really puts things into perspective for you. And if you're having a tough time right now, uh, financial struggles, uh, trouble finding inspiration, or you feel really tired, don't want to get out of bed, um, I'm not saying that mental fatigue and that kind of overwhelm is nothing absolutely not I've been there I know what it's like I'm just saying if you can try and put things into perspective of I mean what would it be like if you were the one who had maybe a week maybe a month maybe a year but you wouldn't know because every second week you're waiting for the, the worst of worst decisions you could ever get. So um, my friend is struggling with maintaining happiness and positivity because she knows she's going to die. We're all going to die. One day you're going to die. But into, until then, you have to live. Those words were actually said by my friend Anna, who very recently <clears throat> had to fly back home to Sweden because um, someone in her family passed away. Um, the child of her uncle, I believe. And I've met them at my friend's wed wedding, Søren and Lena. They lost their daughter. And uh, we spoke about this, the loss and losing someone who, who's not supposed to go yet. And my friend Anna said the words, one day you're going to die, but until then you have to live and I think that is so beautiful, so beautiful. It makes me think of another friend in Sweden, Jenny Durhil, who, um, when she was pregnant, her partner, her husband at the time, got cancer. And when their baby was newborn, he passed away. And since then, she's living life to the fullest, to the fullest of the fullest, going for every dream she has, um, making herself her best version possible. Truly an inspiration. Shout out to Jenny. And thank you, Anna, for sharing those words. And to my friend with whom I spoke today, one hour and 41 minutes. Like I said to you, I believe in miracles. And I don't want anything for Christmas, nothing for my children, nothing. I just want for you to experience a miracle and get rid of that horrible thing. Okay. So, yes, a little bit emotional. Um, my son, my youngest son, heard uh, a part of the conversation I had this morning. And when I was ready, he looked at me and he said, Mom, is that lady going to die? And I said, I hope not. But right now she, she, has to, she has to beat this disease. And so it's difficult for her right now. And we stood silent and looked at each other for a while and then he hugged me and said I love you mom and I just for the love of God when you have 
health and you have people around you that are healthy. Appreciate it every day. My friend said on the phone this morning, if only she would have known before getting this sickness how lucky one is when you're healthy. How lucky we are when we're healthy. All right. I wish every single one of you health first and foremost. Strong health and then everything else you can take care of. You can make that happen for you. But I wish you really strong, solid health. Take care, everyone. And if you like the podcast, please subscribe and leave a five-star review to help the podcast reach more people. Bless you all.